listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene online at bethanynaz.org. Thank God for His Word. I agree. Amen. You know, I don't love going through a pandemic, but I'm thankful that I am here with you during this season of our lives, that I get to walk this road with you, with this community of faith. I feel so blessed. There are times in my life when I have conversations with people who are going through some really tough stuff. For example, I might drive out to somebody's house like I did last week who is fighting a cancer battle. And I sit there and I talk with them. And then I pray with them. And then I get in my car and I drive away. And I find myself amazed at their level of faith. And they don't have an attitude that says, I don't get to have a good life because bad things happen to me. They have a totally different narrative. Pastor Rick, i got to tell you how close God has been to me through all of this. And how faithful He is. And how I sense His presence. And how I sense His love. And how God just kind of prepares the way before me. And so sometimes I spend time with people who have lost somebody they love way too young. And, and I drive away with the same kind of feeling. They're not saying, I don't, I don't get to have a good life because bad things happen to me. Instead, they talk to me about how God has been with them every step of the way. Or I hang out with people who have gone through challenges and had problems that I, I can't relate to, that I've never experienced. And again, it's the same story. Pastor Rick, can I just tell you how close God is? And what they reiterate is what we have learned in this series called Overcomer so far. That God comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And sometimes the very best place we can be is when we come to this moment in our lives that we realize that I can't fix this, but God can. And I totally turn to trust in Him. So, I think it's worth kind of hitting a pause button here. And you and I just having a conversation and me asking you a question about how you would describe yourself. Would you say that you are a victim, or would you see yourself as a victor? Are you one of the people who says, Pastor Rick, I just, a lot of bad things kind of happen to me, and I just can't seem to get beyond them, and, and I don't think I get to have a good life some days because I just have a lot of bad stuff that happens? Or would you say, oh, no, no, that's not my story. I, I would describe myself as a victor. Absolutely, I've had hard times, challenging times, but let me tell you something, God has been with me every step of the way, and if God was with me through that, God will be with me through this. It reminds me of the question I asked you a couple of weeks ago. I said, how would you describe yourself? Are you typically overcome, or are you an overcomer? Would you say, I just stay overcome by life's troubles. I just, I can't seem to get over it. I stay under it. I can't get on top of it. I'm always below it. Or would you say, oh no, let me tell you something. God comes alongside me every time I go through hard times, and I, I'm an overcomer. So I've been living with this passage that you listened to a moment ago for some time, and I've come to believe something. I don't know if you'll agree with me or not. If you don't, I hope you argue with me. Not out loud, that would be chaotic. I don't want you to do that. But I've just been in your head. Let's have a conversation. Here's what I've come to believe. I've come to believe that being an overcomer is dependent on what one is aiming for. I'll say it again. 
I've come to believe that being an overcomer is dependent on what you or I might be aiming for. What our target is. What the goal is. What do you mean by that? Well, here's what I mean by that. I think that if we have unrealistic targets set, then we may live our lives defeated and overcome. So here's an example. If I said to you, okay, I've made up my mind about something. I'm concerned about the country and the direction it's going and all that. All this we're hearing about. I've decided that I want to be the next president of the United States of America. Can I get some support in the room? There we go. i got a few people behind me. I don't know about you, but I think Ricky Wayne for president has a good ring to it. I think we can go with that. I, I think what you're going to say to me is, hey, Rick, let me just, I don't want to be a downer, man. I want to be an encourager, but I don't see a clear path to that happening. I don't think there's a chance in the world that you're going to be the next president of the United States. And so I think if I set that as my aim or my goal, I'm going to live this next four years pretty much defeated and overcome. So I don't know that that is so extreme. Because I think this passage speaks more into your life and mine than you and I might imagine. And that principle applies more than we might think that it does. Because in this passage we learn a lot about Paul. What we learn first about Paul is what he is not aiming for, okay? And what he's not aiming for is recognition. He's saying, I don't want praise. I'm not looking for credit. I'm not looking for recognition. I'm not looking for people to look at me. It's not about me. He actually says these words. I don't want anyone to confuse me with God's incomparable power. It's not me. I'm not doing it. God's doing it. And I don't want the praise. I don't want the credit. I don't want the recognition. I don't want the accolades. All of that belongs to God. So I'm not looking for personal recognition. The second thing he says, I'm not looking for a problem-free life. Number one, I don't believe it exists. And number two, I'm not bemoaning and crying and worried about all of my problems. I got problems, Paul says, but I'm not concerned. In fact, my focus is not on my life in this world. I have set my sight on another world. And I'm not looking for a problem-free life here and now. And so you say, Paul, what are you aiming for? And this is what he is aiming for. I just want people to see Jesus through my life. I want somehow for Jesus to be revealed through me. I want people's life to change because they saw Jesus in my life. I want more and more people to know Jesus. I want more and more praise to go to God. That's what Paul says my life is about. And he says, what I have found interesting is that Jesus is probably the most evident in my life when I'm going through the hardest times. Wow. I've come to realize that Jesus is more evident in my life probably than any other time when I'm suffering the most. And all I want is for people to see Jesus. So that's what Paul's aiming for. So let's just stop. Let's talk about you and let's talk about me. What are you aiming for? What are you wanting life to deliver you? What are you hoping for? What do you dream about? What's the life that you can imagine? What kind of life are you wanting? 
If you said to me, Rick, I just want to be rich. (laughs) I mean, I want a lot of money. And I want power. And I want control. And I want recognition. I want to be famous. Let me just say to you that I believe your life is going to be filled with defeat. And you're going to live overcome. Because those are insatiable appetites. And if you get a little money, you know how much more money you're going to want? A little more. And if you get some recognition, do you know what you're going to want? A little more. And if you gain control, do you know what you're going to want? A little more. And so I would just say to you that you're aiming for something that you're not going to reach. Because it's never going to satisfy. But if you said to me, Rick, here's what I want. I want God. More than I want anything else. And I want God's will for my life more than anything else. And I want people to see Jesus in me more than anything else. And I want God to use me in any way that God wants to use me. Then I think you have a great shot at being an overcomer. So let's just, let's just talk about it for a little while before we go home today. Because I think it's going to help. You know, I went out in my garage the other day and I found this uh, pot. It's a, uh, it's a terracotta clay pot. And the reason I know it's terracotta is because my wife said it's terracotta. And so Paul uses this language in this passage you heard a moment ago, and he says something about these unadorned uh, pots of clay. So if I've ever seen an unadorned pot of clay in all my life, I'm holding it right here. This is an unadorned pot of clay. Nobody's painted it. I went through the house looking for something a little smaller, but everything's adorned. Everything in the house we've painted, we made pretty. You know, it's been fired and it's beautiful. It's got a gloss, a glaze, and it's all decorated. This is unadorned. And Paul talks about this unadorned pot of clay. So let me take this and, and uh, just dream up, make up a story, okay? I'm just going to dream up, make up a story. Let's suppose that my wife and I, our anniversary is coming up in August, and I begin to plan now for the anniversary. And Annette says, yeah, you are dreaming and making up a story if you're planning now for our anniversary. And, and I decide that I'm going to buy Annette something really, really special. I'm going to buy her a necklace and earrings, and, uh, and I'm going to spend a lot of money. I'm not talking about a few thousand dollars. I'm talking about a lot of money. And Annette says, we really are making up stories at this point, aren't we? And so I give it to Annette, and she loves it. She's never in her life owned anything like this. And, uh, and she just says to me one day, she says, Rick, what will I do with this when I'm not wearing it? Where will we keep it? We've never owned anything in our lives of value like this. And so what would I do with something like this? Where would I put it? And what if I thought a minute and I said to Annette, you know that uh, terracotta clay pot sitting out in the garage? Yeah? Why don't you just throw it in there? And Annette would say, Rick, I'm not going to take my necklace and my earrings and throw them in the clay pot sitting in the garage. And Paul says, it does seem interesting, doesn't it? Here's what he actually says. He says, we carry this precious message, this very valuable thing, this great gospel, this good news of Jesus Christ, this message that can change the heart of a human being, this message that can help a person to be born again, this message that is transforming. We carry this precious message around in in the unadorned clay pots like that right there, of our ordinary lives. Do you remember why the Corinthians struggled with Paul? Because he was so ordinary. He was poor. 
If he walked in a room, he would have said, that guy's broke. He, he, he suffered some physically. He had some physical stuff. And they thought, you know, shouldn't he, God get him beyond that? And, and he also had like, you know, this situation where he kept getting beat up because of his faith. And when he stood up to speak, he was not impressive at all. And, and they were saying, if this guy is really the messenger of the message of the living God, shouldn't he be more impressive? And Paul says, but I'm really not. I'd kind of remind you of just kind of an old unadorned clay pot. I'm kind of plain. I'm kind of simple. I don't really have much money. I'm not very polished when it comes to speaking. I do get beat up a lot. And I have this physical deal that I can't get seem to shake. He says, but it's not about me. It's not about the messenger. It's about the treasure that's in it. It's not about the pot. It's about the treasure that's in the pot. It's not about me. It's about the Jesus who lives in me and his great message that I get to carry. And so he does not back down. He doesn't try to minimize his troubles. In fact, he just comes, you know, full-blown with it. Here's my situation, he says. And I know you heard the words a minute ago, but I want to remind you. He said, I'm surrounded by troubles. Got trouble in my life, it seems like, a lot. There's times when I am not sure what to do. I just don't know. I just find myself going, what am I going to do? You know, like you find yourself saying, I don't know what I'm going to do when you're surrounded by troubles. And he says, terrorized, meaning I'm persecuted, thrown down. I'm talking about trial, torture, and mockery. That's what they did to Jesus. That's what they do to me at constant risk. And he says, what's interesting to me is that when I'm at the greatest risk is when Jesus is the most evident in me. And he says, if you just saw my life some days, it would look like I'm falling apart. Yeah, life can be hard. Really hard. But he says, I want you to know my suffering is not a sign of failure. I, I've said this for two weeks. And I'm going to say it one more time because I want to make sure you understand this well. Paul says, when I look at the life of Jesus, I see Jesus suffering. And then I see Jesus on a cross. And then I see him resurrected. And I think if you and I follow Jesus I think we're going to find ourselves suffering and we're going to find ourselves on a cross and we're going to find ourselves resurrected. I think that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. He never tried to say, you're going to have a problem-free life. It's going to be a challenge along the way when you follow Jesus. And here's what he's actually getting to. Personal recognition and a problem-free life are not the aim of the Christian Paul is saying. If you are aiming at this, then you're probably going to find yourself overcome and defeated. So why don't we move forward? So what are we going to do? You remember I said to you there's, there's kind of people who are victims and there's people who are victors. And there are people who overcome and then there's people who are overcomers. I think when it comes to what we're aiming at, there's two categories of people too. So I think there's one group who would say, Hey Rick, I'm not, uh, I'm, not, I'm not preoccupied with this world that I'm living in. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually living with another world in mind. And so where are you there? Kind of caught up in this world? Or I kind of live with this other world in mind? Some people would say, 
my, my treasures are, um, are in heaven. So I, I don't mind giving things away. In fact, I, I love to give. I'm praying that God makes me more generous. I want to give more away because, because my treasures are, I'm storing up treasures in heaven. And, and then there's other people that say, mm, I'm not, not, that's not my story. I think my treasures are on earth, you know. I'm kind of storing up treasures here. And I think there's some people who would say, I, I tend to focus on what I can't see. The things of faith. And I think there's other people who would say, not so much for me. I tend to focus on what I can see. It's more about the here and the now. And so Paul says, let me help you. I think we should aim for the things that we cannot see. Can you see God? Nope. I think you should aim for that. He's talking about living your life today with the end in mind. See, I've, I've come to believe that what I do now doesn't just affect now. What I do now affects forever. So, with all of that in mind, Nat and I moved here. I can't believe it some days, but it's almost been nine years ago. April will be nine years. Easter will be nine years. And so we, we, we loved being in this new city, and, and we loved eating, you know, a lot of local restaurants in this city. We loved kind of getting to know different restaurants. We came to learn that, that white gravy flows freely in Oklahoma City. You can... You can get white gravy over everything, you know. Um, and, and we loved, you know, kind of becoming acquainted with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Can I get a witness in the house this morning? I know, it's tough right now. It'll get better. And, and, and just driving, you know, downtown, and there's a skyline. And it was kind of odd, I'll be honest with you, the first time we saw it, you know, there's, there's buildings, and then there's just one building that sticks way up in the air, the Devon Tower. It's kind of an interesting, beautiful you know, Skyline, and, and we loved, you know, hearing that story. Uh, 850 feet tall, that building is. Glass, beautiful structure, 50 floors, 1.8 million square feet, a lot of square feet. When they built it, it cost $750 million. And Paul would say, that's a lot of money for a temporary building. Here's, here's how he would say it, okay? He would say, the things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow. That Devon Tower, it's here right now, but it's not always going to be here. In fact, it's going away one day. You put a lot of money in a temporary building, I'll just tell you. The things that we can see with our eyes uh, that are here today, and they're gone tomorrow. But, he says, the things that we cannot see now, they're going to last forever. So he says, if I'm going to invest my life, if I'm going to aim for something, I think you ought to aim for the things that don't ever go away. If you're going to invest in something, don't invest in something that's going to be gone tomorrow. If you're going to invest in something, invest in something that will last forever. 
So here's, here's where we find this guy ending this passage of Scripture. And I'll, I'll wrap it up here in just a couple of minutes, okay? But, but here's where he's at. He says, you know what? Yeah, I have troubles, but we're not demoralized. There's many people in this room today who would say, hey, Rick Harvey, we don't love going through this pandemic, but I mean, I don't get up every morning with my chin on the floor. I'm not demoralized. I've had some problems in my life, but it's not like it's gotten me completely down. He says, there's times we're not sure what to do, but you know what? God always knows what to do. We turn to God and He gives us guidance. Persecuted? Absolutely. But God hasn't left our side. God comes alongside us every time we go through a hard time. Thrown down, but we haven't broken. You can't break us. We're the children of God. He's our Father. Trial and torture? Yeah, bad things have happened, Paul said, but He lives in us. Constant risk, but His life is effective in us. People most often see Jesus when we're hurting. Falling apart, not a true story. It's what it looks like on the outside, but on the inside, God is making us new. Every day there is new life in us, and every morning there is new grace. I am happy. I am blessed. I am joy-filled. I'm a child of God. I'm a believer. Jesus is with me, and I'm not down and out. Amen? It's good stuff. So I want to talk about what's in your heart today, okay? What's in your heart is concern. It's in my heart. I find myself asking lots of times, where's this world going that I'm living in? And more specifically, where's this nation going? We don't hold on to the things we once held on to in these United States of America. Our values are shifting. We're becoming more secular. I don't think anybody in the room is going to argue with that. And here's what we're tempted to ask. What does that mean for me as a follower of Jesus Christ? How does that impact my life as a Christian? And I think the answer to that question lives in this conversation of what are you aiming for? If you're looking for a smooth, comfortable, problem-free life, I think as we march forward, you're going to feel overcome and defeated. But if you, like the Apostle Paul, say, hey God, (laughs) can you just let people see Jesus in me? Can you do with me whatever you want to do with me? Can you use me however you want to use me? Can you let me be your instrument? Can I be your vessel? Can I be that ordinary, unadorned clay pot carrying around in my body the message of Jesus? Then I think you've got real hope of being an overcomer. See, I think the answer to that question lives in this conversation of what am I aiming for? So let me take a moment and just pray for you. Father, I, uh, I don't want to be overcome. I don't want to see myself as a victim. 
I want to be a victor. I want to live as an overcomer. I, I identify with Paul. It's because of you, Jesus. It's because you are creating new life in me. Even when I go through the tough stuff, you bring new life every day. Would, would you search my heart, Lord? Would you search the hearts of all of us in this room and all that are listening online? Father, would you, would you just look deep within us? May we confess to you what we're aiming for and what things maybe we should not be aiming for. Do your work in our hearts this morning. And I pray this in Jesus' name. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.